The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus, bread of life. Infuse us with your love today and always. Amen. For three weeks in a row now, and next week as well, we have read Gospels in which Jesus tells his followers that he is the bread of life, and they are to consume him. This bread of life stuff must be important. And not just important, but central to our faith. Central to the fact that we gather week after week to worship together. Central to the fact that we meet at this table to meet the bread of life in person. And to literally take him in to ourselves. I started to understand the centrality of the Eucharist to my faith about ten years ago. After college, I spent two years living in a Muslim village in West Africa, far from any place where I could receive communion. I prayed in a couple of mosques, which was lovely. I joined the local American missionaries in their church house, And I even occasionally had unconsecrated pita bread and grape juice with them in remembrance of the Last Supper. All of this was nice, and it fed me in various ways. And yet, I can't tell you how much I missed the Eucharist. Consecrated bread and wine at a table with my faith community, Bread and wine that mysteriously held the actual presence of Jesus Christ. Now, I agree with what Tony said last week, that there are many ideas of what actually happens at this table up here. 
And there's as many ideas of that as there are people in the church. And I will be careful not to subscribe a specific explanation to the mystery of Christ's presence in the Eucharist, because it is a mystery far beyond our comprehension. That said, we have before us this week and last week and the week before and next week a gospel that spells out at least part of the divine truth that Jesus wanted to give us. And that is this. Jesus is giving of himself with wild abandon. And we are invited to receive with absolute surrender. The giving is love. The receiving is love. The mode is both simple and inexplicably complex. Bread and wine, broken, blessed, infused with Jesus, infused with love, given, received, shared. We receive. We surrender. We are infused with love. In today's collect, we prayed to be given the grace to receive Christ. In the Old Testament reading, God gives his servant Solomon wisdom and understanding, and Solomon receives it for the good of the people he ruled over. The psalm tells us that God gives food to those who revere God. And the New Testament reading tells us to be filled with the Spirit. And in order to do that, we must be open, receiving. We don't have to dig too deep this week to hear one of the common themes God is giving to us. We are simply being asked to receive. We receive. We surrender. We are infused with love. In a world that seems so often to be taking from us, taking our energy, taking our time, taking our money, taking our health, our peace of mind, even our sense of self-worth. In this world, here is Jesus going to rambling repetitious extremes to get it through our overthinking heads that we need only be open to him. We need only take him into ourselves. And he's not talking about a process of merely thinking about taking him in or praying about taking him in. He is clearly saying, eat me, consume me, let me fully, viscerally, literally into you. Imagine what it must have been like for Jesus' followers in today's gospel. A few gospel readings back, this group of people went to hear Jesus speak. He preached to them, and then he fed them, thousands of them, full of food from just a few loaves and fish. They followed him in amazement 
who wouldn't want to hang out with the guy who pulls feasts out of thin air, right? They were trying to understand what they could do next to get more of him, and they asked him a series of questions. Questions fraught with human anxiety and confusion. Questions that aimed to find the way to do whatever may be perceived as the right thing. They wanted a formula, a checklist, a surefire path to never being spiritually or physically hungry again. They thought it might be connected to the last time that a round of free food showed up in their religious heritage, so they asked about the manna from heaven in the desert. They were overthinking, over-talking, over-doing, and over-analyzing. Not that we know anything about that. Jesus gave them radical answers that seemed to them to be only vaguely connected to their questions. He said crazy things about being bread. No, he didn't say, I will multiply more loaves for you. He said, I am the bread. And then he told them to eat his body and drink his blood. They were shocked and confused, and they got into an angry dispute with one another about how to interpret this. Earlier, he seemed to be speaking more metaphorically. He seemed to be inviting them to accept him as a whole person into their lives. But now, he was being a bit less metaphorical, a bit more visceral. He reiterated his message with even stronger language. He had been imploring them to eat him, but then he switched to an even stronger verb. After the crowd gets all riled up, the Greek manuscript says he used a verb which translates to something like gnaw on me, chew me up, consume me. Whoa. What is this nomadic rabbi talking about? I do wonder if there were any faithful risk takers in that crowd who were courageous enough to not write Jesus off. People who started to get it. People who were thinking with their whole beings rather than just their cognitive sense of reality. Perhaps they grasped, to whatever degree they could, that Jesus loved them so much that he wanted to be in each and every one of them. Each and every one of us. Really, in us. And so he's promised to be present in this bread and this wine that we share so that we may literally take him into our bodies, consume his love, and receive him. We receive. We surrender. We are infused with love. I'm a bit of a visual thinker, and so all week I've been thinking about the receiving of Jesus in terms of cups of water 
and food coloring. So bear with me here. This is you or me or us. We go to church and we partake of the bread of life and thus we consume some Jesus. This is down here somewhere. Our corporate worship helps us to integrate Jesus into every fiber, every drop of our being. The spoon is corporate worship. We go back out into the world. This is the world. And the world gets into us too because the world tends to do that. And sometimes the love gets a little bit diluted. It might be that we get distracted by arguments, by stress at school, at work, by advertisements that make us believe that we are not enough, by road rage. Whatever it is, we can get deluded, and so we return to the table, and we get reinfused with love, reinfused through our worship. And it doesn't stop there, because we go back out into the world, and we get into the world, and we infuse love into the world, and the world is not the same. And when we are tuned into the fact that this is happening, we return to this table hungry. And when we return to this table hungry, we receive, we surrender, and we are infused with love. I received a unique gift this week. A manila envelope came to the church with my name on it. It was from Nigel Andrews' son, Paul, who lives in California. He had heard my last sermon, which has a bit in it about his dad. And he wrote to me and he sent me a copy of a sermon that Nigel had preached at the ordination of a woman here. And he sent me the remembrances that were read at Nigel's funeral. He also sent me a meditation, a meditation that he, Paul, had written on the Eucharist, on the bread of life. I will end with a passage of his. He wrote, God's utter radical love comes to us as the complete unreserved giving and receiving of life. And the Eucharist is its most shatteringly vivid expression. Life itself is blessed and broken and given for you, for me. Radical love has been passed down to us and is being offered to you and to me in the bread and the wine. Right here, right now. So right here, right now, at this table together, we receive, we surrender, we are infused with love. Amen.